What's up, everybody? My name is Dominic Sekira, and you're listening to Actionable Impact, a podcast that answers questions about impact investing and provides investors, entrepreneurs, and everyone else in the finance community with actionable insights to better navigate the sea of opinions, products, and services offered in sustainable and impact investing. My guest today is Pierre Husser, the investment manager of Asteria's climate infrastructure debt strategy. Pierre has 12 years of banking and asset management experience in private debt investments in renewable and infrastructure projects. Having previously worked for Credit Agricole and MG, Pierre is today in charge of the sourcing, origination, execution, closing, and management of private debt investments across renewable infrastructure within Asteria's private debt and equity strategies. We are sitting down today to demystify some of the most common misconceptions within private debt infrastructure investing. We'll be going through a transaction in order to identify what private debt does very well and what it does not accomplish. Finally, we'll also talk about how best to compare infrastructure private debt offerings with others and even private equity offerings. So Pierre, thank you very much for taking the time. Welcome to the podcast. How has your week been so far? Thank you very much, Dom, for inviting me for this coffee. Um, very happy to be here. And um, the week went uh, pretty quick, to be fair. Uh, yeah. Lots on the table, and uh, which is a good thing, I, I think. And um, and now uh, we can we can sit down a bit and have a, a conversation, a, a more informed conversation on a topic that is uh, that is uh, to me quite quite important. Uh, the, the the private debt side of uh, of uh, infrastructure financing sounds good sounds good so I hope that some of the some of the things you went through this week <laughs> um, are 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 interesting also for our discussion here to to give our listeners uh, a a bit of context would you mind maybe just just for our basic understanding defining what private debt uh, investing is and what it means in infrastructure. Uh, maybe making that link that would be interesting to hear from from you from the front line sure so very basically um you know many people think about uh uh investing as a you know as a, as buying stocks or, or buying bonds um and in, and in private markets when when it's not listed huh, on, a, on a stock exchange um investing might be into like a illiquid private uh, market and, and private debt, effectively, um, is the word used uh, by asset owner and asset manager uh, to uh, access what is called lending for mm -hmm. in the banking world. So a bank lend money, offer a mortgage uh, finance, and an asset manager will will, will offer private debt. So. It, this is that part of the, the overall uh, you know, capital structure. Could be investing as private equity. That's the that's the other side of the coin. Uh, and private debt is offering the financing package. Right. But coming from a from an institutional in, investor or asset right. management right. firm. And this is private debt versus versus uh, private equity equity within private markets. Yeah. That's how I will I would put it. So uh, a very similar difference really between the listed side where you have stocks um, on the equity side, listed companies, listed stocks that you can invest. And on the other side, 
listed bonds, um, which which are issued um, like an IPO, right? So a similar difference, I guess, on the on, on that side. And maybe you know the there seems to have been some increased popularity in in private debt investing, and I'm you know maybe some of our listeners are trying to understand why is this asset class increasing in popularity and you know why are institutional investors looking more and more towards investment managers and asset managers mm -hmm. to to finance um, or to to show them deals you know why why would for example a wind farm somewhere or a solar farm not simply go to a bank and get a loan uh, as in a traditional sense maybe you can give a bit more light on that why the popularity has grown so much yeah and exactly that's we need to come to to a bit the historic of uh, yeah. of this of this past uh, of uh, of the growth of uh, of private debt uh, in infrastructure because um uh the genesis is really that uh, you know uh, infrastructure assets uh in uh, in the developed world and also in growing in in in, a, in the developing uh, markets um uh, has been the remit of of governments right so the government might issue a, a sovereign bonds or, or, or raise taxpayer money to uh, build uh, finance fully on the on the on the government balance sheets. Yeah. Uh, the infrastructure. Yeah. By infrastructure, we think about you know roads, airports, uh, uh, you know um, hospitals, uh, uh, school bundles, university. That's a social one. Yeah. transportation but yeah. there's also like the the, um, the the energy transition the energy one which is a uh, electricity uh, heat uh, so power uh, yeah. moving to renewable energy solar yeah. wind and and uh, hydro power plants uh, and and the, and the digital infrastructure uh, which are the, the telecommunication and data yeah. centers so that's and, interesting and, i think and, most and, yeah, most people think about infrastructure they hear you know energy that's sort of the the main thing where a lot of investors are thinking when they hear infrastructure, they think, okay, this is something to do with energy. But so the, the topic itself actually encompasses a lot of other fields uh, like when I think this is interesting, digital infrastructure, right, for communications, but also for water um, and, and other forms of infrastructure, right? So jails, schools, and all of this. So you're telling me that private debt as an asset class can invest into um, all of those topics. All a those very topics. broad range indeed of, broad range. of uh, infrastructure subsectors. Huh? Yeah. Private debt can also do, you know, uh, uh, financing the, the airport under a lease. Uh, sorry, sure. the, the, the planes, or it, it could do also direct lending yeah. uh, uh, to a corporate. But if we if we want to stick to uh, to private debt into infrastructure. This is quite broad. Uh, you know, these, all these essential services that are key to the functioning, functioning, well-functioning of, of a society. Yeah. And then we can move to sustainable infrastructure or, or more uh, around the mega trend of, uh, uh, you know, low carbon uh, infrastructure or, or renewable energy uh, generation mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. where we can have achieve a climate impact um, effectively uh, you've got also the waste to energy, you know, the waste yes, recycling plant yeah. facilities. Yeah. So it's all this essential infrastructure that are there so that the society can work well. Right. 
so really and also they're backed by by they're backed by a, a long term contract and they uh, and they're economically stable uh, uh, you need them whatever happen yeah effectively yeah so you, the risk is quite low so there, there's there's a diverse range of risk and, and, and profile yeah but uh, effectively they as an asset class they they are stable and you have visibility on the, on on the revenues coming into the assets and yeah. that's that uh, uh, the investor uh, will benefit from yeah. effectively and, and correct and, me and, if and i'm wrong but one of the features one of the main interesting features of, of private debt and especially infrastructure is the repeating um, need of financing right so that's i think really maybe if you could go into that because yeah. when when i speak to investors when they ask sort of y'all you know i'm just going to do some private equity stuff and i'm going to give it to some of the biggest players and that's fine okay great but maybe you should consider private debt because there you have transparency uh, you can plan ahead and you have a repeat and can you maybe talk a little bit about this re repeating cycle of, of financing need? Because that also, I guess, and that we'll get into at a later stage, that also tackles the issue of dry powder in private equity that you see, right? Yes, so if, if... Yeah, absolutely. So just taking a, a bit of a step back. So yeah. effectively, you know, as, as I was saying, it's uh, on, it used to be on governance balance sheets, but over time, uh, some privatization happened, but more importantly, as well, um, so you always had like the, a blend of uh, private capital and uh, and uh, and also the, the the support from public uh, public money. Yeah. Um, but especially since the the great financial crisis of two thousand eight, um, banks in Europe, especially, uh, where the the institution really lending the money to the public uh, counterparty yeah. uh, to, uh, over the long term and uh, to, to build and operate these large infrastructures. It's yeah. large capital expenditure, it's expensive. Yeah, so your first phone uh, call was the bank. That's, so the, that's the, the, the bank was, was taking this, this market. Yeah. And as I said before, like the, over time, it's still the same, it's stable. The, the, the financing need of an infrastructure is, is, is in average 75, uh, 75%, uh, sorry, 75% um, being debt. Mm -hmm. So when it was a bank was financing and the rest is private equity. Yeah. So that comes to the volume. So uh, since the financial crisis, the banks were heavily exposed to the subprime crisis that blew. Mm -hmm. And following this, um, the regulator of the banking sector, which is the Basel regulation, with the Basel II, Basel III, or Basel IV, yeah. stepped in and really uh, put a burden on the capital required for a bank to lend uh, long term. Right. And and therefore it's, it's it's too expensive now for traditional lender to to play in that space. They were very happy about that that sector, which yeah. uh, offered attractive. Uh, uh, terms uh, yeah. in condition, but it's too expensive for them. No. Yeah. The capital that they need to put aside is, is, is too high. Therefore, they cannot longer play in that market. But they have the they have the access with the client base, which are the board. So they withdrew 
or they want to partner no, with the uh, institutional investor that have the capital that are uh, not uh, penalized by the re their regulatory environment yeah. and fiberized. And this is seen, especially in Switzerland, with the recent change to the uh, pension regulation OPP2. Yeah. Is this allocation to a specific infrastructure bucket, which is can go up to 10% of their portfolio yeah. into this, while before it was um, alternative asset buckets. Yeah. And so just to just to just to give the the listeners a bit of context here, um, this is a this is a regulation specific to to Swiss yeah. uh, to the Swiss market to the Swiss pension funds. Um, they're governed by a regulatory framework called. Um, OPP2 in, in French and BVV2 in, in German. As you know, in Switzerland, we have multiple languages, so everything is translated uh, across the board. Um, but essentially what, what it governs is, is the kind of, it gives the pension funds an allowance as to their asset allocation. And, and up until this point, they've had an allowance of about 10% for their alternative investments um, asset class, where you'd put in infrastructure, hedge funds, um, and all these different kind of alternatives. And uh, the recent law change essentially allows them to view infrastructure investments as a separate asset class and to build it up separately from the alternatives up to 10%. So what that concretely then means is that a lot of pension funds in Switzerland maybe already have about 4 to 5% of their total asset allocation in infrastructure which now means that technically they're able to build an additional five onto that. Um, and so, so that's what you were really kind of mentioning that there's this demand now from institutionals. And, and the reason is, is related to the, um, to the attractiveness of this specific asset class. Yeah. But uh, uh, before this, in, in terms of uh, the, the growth of the private debt versus uh, the private equity in the market, it's, it's because 75% is, is financing. The bank are pulling out. They're really keen to continue, but they can't, it's too expensive. So need to find players, actually, that can step in. As we know, with, uh, with the transition, um, the energy transition and this mega trend of, uh, you know, circular economy and uh, yeah. uh, the electrification of, of things. And um, we will need to, uh, the private capital, and we need to step up, really, uh, yeah. because the, the developer in the developed world government are, are constrained and uh, mm -hmm. you see with the eu green deal there's a, a big package and they use this as a lever to to relaunch and reset the economy and and boost it uh following the COVID pandemic so it's at the heart of their um public spending but it's limited just yeah. in europe to give you some perspective seven trillion is needed as investment into infra infrastructure until 2030 to meet the Paris Agreement, just sustainable yeah. infrastructure. Yeah. However, that's an uh, immense. It's sum. an immense, you yeah. know, seven seven trillion. Yeah. And uh, when you the EU Green Deal is is big, 1.2 billion, uh, but it's spread over 10 years as well. So the uh, the private capital has a role to play, and the banks facilitate this and or leave us a space, uh, asset manager and institutional investor to 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 play and. Um, and, and 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 so the market is very deep on the on the debt side because seventy five percent is is debt and 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 you know twenty five percent is equity. Yeah. So that brings to the cash powder uh, issue yeah. because over the years and where the banks were stepping in, private equity has always been there. So so infrastructure funds were private equity funds. Yeah. And yeah. now that uh, uh, 
uh, these banks pull out. Yeah. Uh, there's pr private debt fund that are being set up. And, and the growth is, is gigantic since it's been increasing since 2010. And over the last decade, it's been growing, growing, growing because yeah. more, more volume is needed to be invested. And yeah. it's very attractive term because when you think about the difference between the two, is it's very different. It's it's the approach. So on one side of the coin, you've got the private equity mm -hmm. and the capital structure, mm -hmm. and, and their role is really to to, uh, to develop the infrastructure and yeah. look for the upside. So it, it's um, what they will do is to manage the infrastructure, operate it on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, they will be close to the assets, um, and what they do is that they they want to either buy it once it's built or, or maybe develop it and, and and own it during the construction and then sell it at the end of the construction sure, yeah. or, or hold it for a very long time because the economic life of these assets are very long. It can be up to 35 years or, yeah. or con if it's a concession, even longer. Right? That depends on, um, on what type on of On the project. economic life, yeah. or the yeah. type of subsector within infrastructure. Yeah, you sure. know, if it's a road, it can last forever. Uh, if it's a, well, a solar it's, asset, it's, it's yeah. typically 35 years. It's, uh, yeah. it's what the, pro, the, the construction producer guarantees as an economic yeah. life. Yeah. Wind is a bit low, it's lower, 10 years lower. Mm -hmm. uh, but we know this, so we know the economic life. So we know the, the space in which you can play and, and re, re, receive revenues. But private equity typically wants to make it more efficient. And depending on the price they will enter the, the the, um, and the stage of the life cycle of the asset they will enter, the multiples, the valuation may be very high. And now, right now, the, the valuation are, are crazy because there is so much uh, crazy, legal, high. Legal, crazy, legal, high. crazy high, <laughs> crazy high, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and there is so much, and, and the return historically has been really good for, for these private equity funds. The internal rate of return have been ranging, uh, you know, from, a, from, a, from 12 to 20. And, and because there's so much competition, for deploying into private equity in so much assets and volume of amounts, uh, that that has reduced drastically the, the internal rates of return yeah. because of, you buy it at a, at a price which is uh, very high, and then you need to maximize, make it create value effectively to try to sell it to exit at a point where uh, you got, you're going to grow it, and that's your internal rate of return. Exactly. Uh, so that's the play is the upside that you look for. Uh, but over the years, it's been the internal rate of return has reduced from 12 to 20, depending on the infrastructure subsector in developed countries. Yeah. And now it's, we're talking about uh, six, uh, 6% you know, return to, to eight. So, so sorry, so it went from 12 to 10? It went now? from 12 to 20, no, from, from a range of 12 to 20. Oh, wow. And now it, shrinked, it shrinked to, uh, to, to 6 to to eight percent, and that's really based on on. Uh, well, those are those are then those are then based on the multiple and the ability on, to, yeah. to to generate efficiencies on the infrastructure and, yeah. and, and exit at a premium. Right. So right. that's the play of the private equity. Interesting. And uh, and it's been really good in an expansionary uh, booming phase over the last ten years, and this uh, return rare crystallizes over a long period, seven to ten years. You are. You raise your your fund in, in seventeen, and, and then in two thousand twenty, it generate this crystallized the, the premium. Uh, so you look for the upside. Yeah. But on the other hand, you have no downside protection when you're on the private investor, and and that when the the private debt comes to play, it's like a bit of a mortgage. You know, a lender will make sure that there is enough guarantee and uh, and cushion uh, with the initial deposit that are. 
uh, uh, house owner will, will pay to uh, sure, yeah. uh, to absorb the, um, an underperformance or a cash flow uh, um, uh, shrinkage because of increased cost of uh, so so when the lender analyzes the opportunity and that when it, co it comes to we move to the to the attractiveness of the asset class on a, on a risk adjusted basis yeah within private debts uh which is different from private equity private equity you don't rate you don't yeah. put a rating a credit risk rating you just asset a certain base case and you try to improve the situation sure to make yeah. a higher return yeah. in debt you will listen to the to the borrower so the private equity owner yeah uh, story yeah and based on that you will lend on a certain level a certain volume a certain maturity uh and all you need to know to all you need at a certain interest rate and that will be fixed it will be paid it's a coupon income that will be paid every six months mm -hmm. back mm -hmm. at a at a, and and and, uh, and the principal uh, have to be returned according to a repayment schedule and you focus on the and then as an asset manager specializing into private debt investing you really specialize into the downs you you look at the downside sure underperformance occur or temporary reduction in the cash flow yeah. uh, for whatever reason external or or, or or bad management of the company yeah uh, you ensure that when you before lending the money you stress the project enough because you have visibility on this cash flow long economic life of course yeah because you're contracted yeah, long-term contracts you know where the economy comes from yeah and you 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 do sensitivities uh, and you, you you test it from a legal from a financial from a uh yeah. you know from an insurance background you really grab the bull by you the grab, horns right you, you do really... your credit analysis yeah. to, uh, to, you do the full analysis of the economic viability of the, yeah. the project yeah you check uh, things out the, the you do your esg you check your the risk as well yeah uh, this risk that can occur and yeah. uh and what will be the financial impact and the inability for for the asset to repay your debt yeah but as long as you're as, as you say, you properly structure it, but you need to be very selective. Yeah. Uh, you will build ways to protect you against like an under, uh, a reduction of the revenue or an increase in the cost of the asset or right. a delays in the construction phase. Yeah. But, but the, the, the private equity doesn't have uh, this protection. They're, they're, they're on the first line. If, if there is it a sounds, problem, it sounds like they, they, take, they, take the, they take the loss, they, they, they delay their return, they reduce their, uh, their, their internal rate of return, or potentially they will, uh, they will face a, a complete haircut. And because in the capital structure, their rank, uh, they take the first loss. So mm -hmm. the, the, the first 25%, a, a project that underperform by 25%, yeah. the equity will wipe out the loss. The, um, and you see with the volatility of power price, for, for instance, they will take the loss. The, 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 the lender will sit uh, on the cash flow waterfall. Yeah. You know, higher. They have a priority ranking. Of they course. They have put like a, it, I can give you a concrete example. That's when you, you get a bit more into the detail of the attractiveness of the asset class. Yeah. If you could take us through a transaction, this would be, this would be yeah. very interesting. So, so, so typically like a, the day-to-day -day job of the investment manager is first of all to access this private debt is to have an established network you cannot uh you cannot build that from 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 day one you have to be in the industry for many many years uh, having developed a wide network 
of sources that comes from banks, that comes from financial advisory firms that are mandated by uh, uh, by the borrowers to issue debt. It comes from it comes from a capital market desk, uh, from lawyers, variety of source of stakeholder um, that works on infrastructure. The committee is well known within Europe and globally. We all know each other, and uh, and and the borrower and the issuer, if it's a bond, they want to identify and know that these people are able to analyze quickly the various uh, uh, the risk and mitigant of, of the structure of an asset class. And, and then you have you reconnect this with this network, they show you transactions. And it's the job of the investment manager to get a view of what will be the credit risk of this, uh, of this infrastructure. Um, and then analyze whether over the term of the maturity of the of the investments will be to be repaid at the set interest rate, the, the coupon you will receive. And this uh, will effectively um, help you um, to uh, set the bar before investing, whether it's a um, good risk-adjusted return. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. So you stress yeah. the case, you, you look for downside, you ensure that there is sufficient uh, cash contingency, buffer there in case yeah. uh, of any problem to, to really uh, ensure that at any point the coupon will be paid on time and the money repaid on time. So, and, and, and this is something that on a clear example, um, let's say, you know, the volatility of the, the poor price on an example of, of, of solar, you, you will be mitigated by a, by long-term contract. Okay. Uh, but that's good that the contract might have a fixed price or a floating uh, price. And if the, now we are in a, 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 a period where high poor price is there, uh, which is beneficial for this generator so for, for the debt as well. Uh, and, um, but um, if it goes down, suddenly your revenue are, are, are less uh, good than before. So, but that doesn't change anything for the debt investor. For, for the private equity investor, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, it changes um, everything. It changes it? all the yeah. economics. Yeah. So for, for, for the debt investor, it doesn't change anything. Yeah. And if really the, the price is too low for a too long period, uh, what the private debt investor will do, it, they will potentially uh, draw on further borrowing, stop on further borrowing. Yeah. They will um, use uh, reserve accounts that are in place just to ensure funded by the private equity and uh, drawn by the private debt investor to ensure that the coupon get paid for a certain period of time. And they can lock up the, the dividend payment coming from the asset to the private equity investor mm -hmm. and preserve the cash to continue so that the, the, um, the money is uh, continue to, to, to stay within the asset yeah. and pay the, the debt. And very that's very powerful because then they will have a lot of lever and control rights to ensure that the private equity investor does what he does to 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 make it better. Uh, so that's the that's the really downside protection of uh, the lender. Very interesting. Thank you, thank you, Pierre. That that was quite a hefty intro. I I appreciate you taking the time. Um, I'm mindful of it. We're we're coming to the end of our session. Um, thank you so much for answering some of the questions and shedding a little bit of light onto what this thing 
that's growing so quickly, right? <laughs> uh, named private debt and especially in infrastructure, what it is and what it does really well. Um, yeah, thanks again. And maybe we can do another one um, somewhere down the road um, when things develop and as the market develops and, and we'll catch up again, I'm sure. Would be yeah, a pleasure. Absolutely. It's very attractive, stable, inflation link, visibility on the cash flow. And uh, we can access this through floating rate debt generally. So yeah. in an increasing interest rate environment, yeah. um, private debt exposure uh, gives you that benefit. Sounds like a really good investment for the right type of investor and the right portfolio that has a gap exactly in there. Thanks again. And Thank um, to all the listeners out there, thanks for joining us for this session. And um, would be great to hear or have you listen in on the, on the next episode. We're doing this um, on a weekly basis. And um, yeah, what else can I say? Um, make sure to add us to your weekly podcast location in that case. <laughs> Thanks again, everyone. And uh, see you next time. Bye-bye.